This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That was Matt Klentak. Just, uh, what was that, like 10 days ago? Something like that when Matt Klentak was so proud of the uh, of the bulk. Actually, that was this wasn't that this week? Yeah, that was like that was like five days ago. Matt Klentak so proud of the ball club um, as the Phillies, uh, you know, were in the midst of their series with the Nationals at the time. I'm trying. I'm getting all mixed up uh, with when that quote from Matt Klentak came. Um, but uh, Matt Klentak so proud of this team. So proud of this team. For overcoming all that they had to overcome this year. I mean, what a, it really was a gutty performance. You really do got to give them all the credit in the world. Uh, what a job by the Philadelphia Phillies this year to, to finish a 60 game season. I mean, they dealt with all these issues. Or it's not like, you know, other teams dealt with these issues, like the Marlins. Um, Kyle, I'm seeing you exulting over there. Have we fixed? The phone issue. I, I think we have, man. Let's give it a go. I wow. feel really good All about right. this one. Well, uh, well, that's the thing. You, you bring Joe Wechter in, and he's a, pro- he's a problem. That is himself. exactly right. He's. I, I do one thing. I miss about the you know the, the we, I used to do the Friday morning Borgata shows. I miss my chats with Joe on Friday mornings, which would be less chats and more Joe just berating me uh, for things I was doing wrong, but. Uh, I, I I miss working with the morning show. I miss working with with Joe um, uh, every Friday morning. But Joe Joe's a problem solver. I saw Joe in there helping out, and uh, hopefully we fix these phone issues. So I'll I'll get back to the Phillies in a minute here. Uh, but first let's let's try Adrian one more time. Adrian, are you yeah, there? I'm here. Are I'm you here. hearing any noise? Uh, no noise. Great, no yes. Noise. All right. So so you know Gus had a good he had a good point. Um, I, I I don't think like you know when. When they took when they took Fultz, there's no way they went to go see this guy play. There's no way they put any time in. I mean, he's going to be the number one pick. You got to go see this guy play a couple games. You know what I mean? Then, I mean, it's it's just, it's, there it go again. Uh, all right. We'll put Adrian. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, why don't I just talk to you tomorrow, Adrian? Yeah. Hey, hey check this all out, right. Tom Kelly. All right. Take it easy, man. Have a good one. Uh, we'll try to get it worked out here. Oh, we uh, had it there. Yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get it worked out. We'll be all right. Um, but, uh, obviously discussing the Eagles a lot tonight, we'll continue doing that, but I do have to get to the Phillies here. Um, because it was equally as disappointing what happened, uh, in Tampa Bay this weekend as what happened at the link. Um, and as we played for you coming back from the break, Matt Klintak, um, and how proud he was of the team. And let's face it, I think that was Matt Klintak trying to save his job. I, I think Matt Klintak knows he is figuratively a dead man walking. I, I mean, he's got to be. Um, as much as John Middleton is incompetent as I feel him today to be, as much as I think John Middleton is an inept donor, I've I remember the feelings I had, and I have my suspicions about Middleton and my feelings that he was kind of fraudulent in, you know, his words not matching up with his actions, and and I just didn't really think he knew what he was doing. But all of that was confirmed for me when I watched that press conference last year. And... When I I heard the things that he said and the excuses that he made for the ball club and, you know, he goes off on these weird tangents and he's justifying 
how good the bullpen was, when the bullpen stunk, and all this other stuff. It's when I really, it just reaffirmed to me that John Middleton has no clue what he's doing. But even even with that, and even knowing that John Middleton doesn't know what he's doing, and he's not a good owner, I still feel that he will come to his senses and understand that he's got to get rid of Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail. I mean, there's just no doubt you cannot continue to go down the road with these two guys who have been unable um, to build a bullpen, have been unable to fill out this roster, have had issues in building this team for years, and have squandered this rebuild to the point where Phillies ended up you know, not really getting anything out of it. They don't have a farm system. They don't have prospects. Um, you know, they got a couple nice players, but most of them they just had to go out and throw money at anyway. And when this season began, this 60-game season, um, when it was announced that the playoffs would be expanded, I think we all were excited because we all realized the Phillies would most likely be in the playoffs. And obviously... That did not happen for several reasons. We all know about the bullpen, um, and we know, all know about you know the issues that this team had roster-wise throughout the course of this year. But the way it went down this final week of the season and the way it went down this final weekend in particular was just beyond infuriating. As the Phillies went down to Tampa Bay, I mean, I thought they were going to have to sweep. I think that's what a lot of people thought. To have a realistic chance, you have to sweep, at least win two of three. Well, it turns out the Phillies didn't need to sweep. They didn't need to win two of three. All they had to do was win one game. One game. Against a Tampa Bay team that had already won their division, a Tampa Bay team that was playing for nothing. And what the Phillies did this weekend was utterly disgraceful. They went down to Tampa Bay and they rolled over like a bunch of dogs and they died. That's what that team did. They needed one win and they rolled over. And in so many ways, that's even more, that angers me even more than what happened with the Eagles on Sunday. Yeah, the Eagles tied Cincinnati, and it feels like a loss, and it's terrible. But the Phillies had their playoff lives on the line. And they couldn't even win one game with their two best pitchers going on Saturday and Sunday. And the whole whole weekend was a disaster. You know, it was pretty much a microcosm the whole season. They lose the games all different ways. On Friday night, the bullpen blows it. On Saturday night, they're down, but they have an opportunity to go in front. Two guys on, down one run, nobody out. Real Muto grounds into a double play. They're not able to push a run across. They're not able to come back. They lose that game. And then on Sunday, like I said, they rolled over. Um, They get shut out. Aaron Nola is terrible. And... They end up losing, and their season is finished, even though the Giants and the Brewers tried giving them the final playoff spot. And it is a complete organizational failure. As I said, front office, they need to be gone today. I'll go home, and I'll hang out for a couple hours because I still am amped up for the show. Monday mornings, I'll listen to the morning show. I'll listen to Ray at 7. I'll listen to Doug at 8. And then after Doug, I'll usually go to bed. When I wake up, I am hoping that Matt Klintak and Annie McPhail are no longer employed by the organization. I never have to hear their annoying voices again. I never have to hear Klintak say how proud of the team he is. I don't have to hear McPhail with, if we don't, we don't. Well, you didn't again, Andy. Uh, I hope I don't have to see their faces. I hope I never have to hear their names again after Monday. I really do. And I hope John Middleton doesn't take a a two-week process to fire these clowns like he did last year with Gabe Kapler. Because it is a complete organizational failure. And let's get to the manager for a second here. Because all I heard all offseason, and again, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I thought Gabe Kapler deserved to be back. I didn't. I thought Gabe Kapler deserved to be fired too. 
But I also thought that people, you know, just saying, oh, Joe Girardi's going to come in here and he's going to, he's going to make up eight to 10 games for this team. Just having Joe Girardi, he's a difference-making manager. He's going to lay down the law. He's going to get these guys in line. Did that look like a team over the weekend that was playing hard for its manager? Did that look like a team that gave a damn about getting in the playoffs? It looked like a team to me that was ready to go home. That looked like a team to me that said, all right, we fulfilled our 60 games. We're getting our paychecks. You know, we'll, we'll see you down in Clearwater in February. That's what it looked like to me. And what Joe Girardi said after the game on Sunday, after your team that is far more talented and, and is far more money invested in it than a team like the Marlins or a team like the Brewers or the Reds, some of these other teams that are in the playoffs and you're not. And what Joe Girardi said after the game was was – it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. Here was the manager after the game talking about his team and the disappointing finish to this season. We were we were up and down all year, right? And it was just kind of how we played. We were streaky. And we happened to finish on a bad streak instead of just an okay streak. And it was the difference in our season. And I can tell you, it's not from lack of effort. It's not from the guys not preparing to play and to win every day. Um, I, you know, it's hard. To, I mean, there are things that we definitely have to get better at. There, there are things that we we need to do better. Um, but these guys never complained. Um, circumstances were difficult. Uh, and they fought the whole time. And, and I'm really disappointed for them. Um, because I know what they put into it to, to, to get to this point, and we didn't get to where we wanted to, and it really hurts. Are you kidding me? Like, seriously. Spare me the testimonial, Joe, to your team. These guys fought so hard. And it's exactly what Matt Klintak said earlier in the week. It really is. And Joe Girardi, let, let's, let's call it what it is. I know the bullpen stunk. Joe Girardi was terrible this year, okay? Joe Girardi is a difference-making manager. If anything, this shows Gabe Kapler wasn't the main issue with this team. Um, Joe Girardi did a terrible job at this team. Wasn't he supposed to be this great motivator? That's what I heard about Joe Girardi. Is that he was going to be this tremendous motivator. And he was going to he was gonna really whip these guys into shape. And after that season, where you finished 28-32 in an expanded playoffs, and you don't make the postseason, you are, have, the, have the nerve to insult your fans. By saying uh, to your fan base who cares about this baseball team, oh, I'm so proud of these players. I'm so proud that we could play two games under 500 and go down the last week of the season and lay down like dogs. All of them. Every single one of them. And, you know, for, uh, again, uh, uh, the coaching staff, I'm not defending the previous coaching staff, but there's a massive double standard. There is. We ripped Chris Young and the Phillies pitching coaches the last couple years mercilessly. What about Brian Price, who was another guy we heard about coming in, and this guy was going to be a difference-making pitching coach. This guy was going to get the best out of Velasquez and Pavetta and Eflin. What pitcher on this roster got any better? Is there one? One guy? I mean, is there one guy on this team that is better than he was before the season? As bad as the bullpen was, was there one time that Joe Girardi pressed the right button? Once? No. This whole organization is 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 just is just sickening. It's just sickening. And uh, the way they finish this season, to, to, to only need one win, to only need to win one game down in Tampa Bay, and going into the final day, even to the final day, you just hoped, even though we all knew the Phillies weren't winning that game on Sunday. We all knew. And we all knew it didn't really matter what the Brewers did and what the Giants did because the Phillies weren't going to win that game. 
But we still hoped. We still hoped that maybe they would shock us. Maybe they would find a way the final day of the season to uh, turn it around. And they didn't. And by the way, Aaron Nola is massively overrated in this town. Aaron Nola, when does he ever come up big when you need him to come up big? Any big start he ever has, he lets you down. Last week, um, defense was bad behind him. He still gave up runs. He still lost to a guy who was 0-5 with an ERA over 7. The week before, going against the Mets, he gives up four runs in that game, a game he eventually lose. Sunday, gives up runs early. Um, the team quits after that, and you lose 5 nothing. It's terrible. Aaron Nola, over the last three years, 4-9 with a 4.67 ERA in September. And that's your ace. That's the guy that we... Um, you know, look at as as the centerpiece of this rotation. It's it, it, it's terrible. And for as much frustration as there is about the Eagles, and I'm sure Eagles discussion will dominate the day, um, don't let the Phillies off the hook here. Uh, because um, the way they finish this season, it just shows you what that team's all about. And, um, you know, for all the talk about Joe Girardi in the offseason and all the good he was going to do, I didn't see any of it this year. Um, that team didn't play hard for him. Doesn't it seem like an exact replica of like a Gabe Kapler season? It does. It, it, it's <laughs> except it's worse. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, but this wasn't what we heard about Gabe Kapler is that like he's like a great motivator of because he used to play baseball. You know, he's been on teams before. He's been in clubhouses. He knows how to motivate guys and just and then September collapses. Yeah, same exact thing. And G- Girardi, Girardi is brutal this year. I mean, well, he didn't. He didn't. And I. I don't want to hear excuses for him. Like, we didn't make excuses for the last manager. Shouldn't make excuses for Joe Girardi. He didn't push any right buttons. The pitching coaches didn't make any of these guys any better. I mean, nobody was forcing Joe Girardi to put Brandon Workman in the ninth inning game after game after game when Brandon Workman gets lit up every time he comes in. You know, uh, Connor Brogdon, who ended up looking good the last week of the season... Why was he not pitching? Why was he not, you know, why was he not with the club in September when you're forcing these other guys who are getting lit up every night? And uh, the fact Phillies aren't going to the playoffs is just almost incomprehensible with the way it was set up this year and the roster that they had. Uh, just terrible. 215 We think we have the phone issue worked out for now we'll we'll try to uh um get back to the phones if you want to get in 215-592-9494 is how you join us when we get back me and kyle will do our week three we recap we haven't done that yet uh so we will uh uh try to do that when we return i'm tom kelly in for big daddy graham sports radio 94 wyp Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Obviously just ripping the Eagles and the Phillies tonight after a terrible day in Philadelphia sports. And yeah, on top of all of it, Jimmy Butler's going to the NBA Finals with the Miami Heat. We haven't even got to that. Um, We'll probably uh, get much more into the basketball stuff tomorrow night um, when we preview the Finals and, and... uh, maybe the Sixers will do something with their front office like they said they were going to do. Uh, I doubt it. Um, but uh, we'll get to that more in the coming days as Jimmy Butler, uh, who we all called a loser, um, ends up going to the finals, the Miami Heat. Uh, they beat the Celtics in game six on Sunday night. Finals starting Wednesday between the Heat and Lakers. That should be a good series. So, uh We'll be watching that, but obviously ripping the Eagles and the Phillies tonight. Phillies lay down in Tampa Bay. Uh, They are not going to the playoffs. In an expanded playoffs, the Marlins, the Reds, the Brewers, some of the powerhouses uh, that beat the Phillies out for the final couple playoff spots. Uh, So uh, frustrating season there comes to an end mercifully, and the Eagles play to a rousing tie with the Cincinnati Bengals at the link in a game that ended in just inexplicable fashion. And, um, you know, 
There will be a lot of discussion, I'm sure, on Monday about how that game ended, about Doug Peterson's decision to punt the football instead of try a 64-yard field goal, um, instead of sending the offense back out there. But uh, that's not the story here. The story is what led up to that point and the fact that Doug Peterson did not trust his quarterback enough to try to gain more yardage. Doug Peterson settled for a 59-yard field goal. That's how confident he was in Carson Wentz. He would not risk Carson Wentz making a mistake. You can't play scared of your quarterback, and uh, that's how Doug's playing right now. Um, He's scared of Carson Wentz. He doesn't think Carson Wentz will make the right play in the right spot. Um, He doesn't think he'll make the smart play, and and I got to say, based off the way Carson's played, uh, it's hard to fault him. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Mike in Delaware. What's up, Mike? Good morning, Tom. How's it going, man? Um, I got an Aranoa point, but okay. um, you're, you're absolutely right. When it comes to Eagles, if you can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals, that's absolutely pathetic. I'm sorry. What a disgrace that was. Uh, you they're, can't beat the Bengals? Really? They're terrible, Mike. And horrible. Cincinnati's defense, that's a defense that gave up 35 to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. And let's face it, for most of the day, the Eagles had trouble moving the ball. They really did. Yeah, it was it was an absolute embarrassment. I'm sorry, like you can't walk away at home, no less. I get there's no fans there, but like that was an absolute embarrassment today. But um, I, I agree. When it comes to Aaron Noah, I talked to Mike. He is not an ace. He like he's a real solid number two, and that's all he is. Yeah, I so, mean, Mike, I'm not even sure he's a number two. Like I, I I'm really not. I, I think he's he's a two or three, uh, but he's certainly not an ace. He's certainly not Zach Wheeler. I mean, Zach Wheeler was by far the best starter on this team this year. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had no confidence that Aaron Noel was going to come out Sunday and throw a shutdown game. I really didn't. I agree with you. If we were, if the Phillies, let's say, they did make the play, playoffs, I would, go with, I would go with Wheeler first in the first game. But, unfortunately, we're not going to see that. But I would go with he's, – he's our number one. He's our – I would consider him an ace, to be honest with you. But Aaron Noll is not an he's not an ace. I'm yeah, sorry. no, Mike. Uh, I have a question for you as a as a big Phillies fan. What did you think of the job Joe Girardi did in year one here? Uh, analytics again. I thought he would coach more from the heart, and unfortunately, he didn't. I thought he would be more by the gut, you know, unlike Kapler. But he just he he managed with all this analytics stuff. Like I, I'm I'm getting sick and tired of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, no, I got you, Mike, and I right, pre- appreciate the call, man. Thanks, and yeah, and I, I said it when I was on um, last night after the game on Saturday. Think of that game on Saturday, and I mean, ultimately, that's a game that keeps the Phillies out of the playoffs. If they had just won one game of that series, they'd have made it, and if Gabe Kapler was managing that game Saturday night, he'd have gotten crushed because the Phillies got beat multiple times by overshifting, by playing the numbers, so to speak. And uh, for that reason, Tampa ended up getting big hits that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten because the Phillies were overshifting and doing things defensively that were abnormal. And it is a double standard. It certainly is. If that's Gabe Kapler managing that game, he's getting crushed. Joe Girardi's not getting crushed. And those defensive... Those defensive, you know, um, the the positioning of the defenders in that game led to Zach Wheeler giving up some runs. That's that just uh, the truth. There was one ball hit the shortstop, which is, I mean, it's where Didi Gregorius would typically be playing. But instead, he shifted over by second base. That allows a run to score. Another play. Um, Kingery, I think, is, is over behind second base. Ball's hit right to where the second baseman would be playing. If that's a different manager, he's getting ripped. And uh, Joe Girardi made a lot of decisions this year that did not work out. They just didn't. And for a guy who's supposed to be a difference-making manager in a positive way, um, I didn't see it in year one. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Justin in Thorndale. What's up, Justin? What's going on, brother? How's it going, man? Pretty good. I'm just uh, I'm confused at how bad. Everything is. I mean, we have one bright spot in a 20-year-old goaltender on the Flyers, 
We have three max players on the Sixers and still can't find a coach. We have a $30 million quarterback who can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals. We have a Phillies team that just, I mean, gave up everything. How does not, I don't understand where we're at and how we got here. The level of talent, it's inexcusable, man. I don't get it. Justin, it is, it, it really is remarkable that since sports came back, uh, on July 24th, whatever it was, um, Things couldn't have gone more like what has gone right. Like one thing that has gone reasonably well in the last couple months. It's it's amazing how everything has gone as bad as humanly possible. And I agree with you a hundred percent. If it's Gabe Kapler or any other manager right now with this Phillies team, they're getting lit. That that lineup. How do you even even taking into account the all time worst bullpen? Having uh, Zach Wheeler be your ace because he is, I don't care about what anybody wants to say about Aaron Nola. He is at best the number two. But that lineup you put together of Harper, Real, Muto, Gregorius, how do you not get any more production out of that team? I don't understand. No, it, it, it's it, it's it's crazy. And, and, you know, all three games this weekend, they lost in all, uh, all different ways, but all very frustrating ways. I mean, Friday night was the bullpen. Saturday was... Bad managing by Girardi and the offense not being able to come up with big hits. And then Sunday, you know, Noel had a bad performance and uh, the Phillies offense didn't do anything. It was three very different losses, um, but all equally uh, enraging. And then real quick about the Eagles, too. I mean, I don't know how many more horrendous performances by this defense we need to see before anybody in that front office starts to value the linebacker position. It is. They are so porous at the linebacker position. They count on that front line to stop the run. And you've got Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson and Javon Hargrave. You've got good guys on the line. But you can't win without a linebacker. I mean, the fact that Nate Gary is our best linebacker is embarrassing. And that front office has, I mean, I don't understand how they look in the mirror about building this team and feel good about it. You have zero depth anywhere past the defensive line. Darius Slade's been what we thought he would be, but you have no linebackers. And you allow, not only do you, can you not score on Cincinnati's terrible defense, you allow them to put up 23 and keep themselves in the game because you have no difference makers on the defensive side of the ball right now. Yeah, Justin, I mean, I, I will say Slay has been pretty good so far. I mean, he, he's done a good job on A.J. Green, and he did a good job on McLaurin week one. Um, but... What's really concerning is uh, they don't take the football away at all. No doubt. And, uh, you know, this is a turnover league. It's about taking the ball away and not giving it away yourself. And um, the fact that this defense can't generate any turnovers with the amount of money that they're putting into the defense, especially the defensive line, it's just not acceptable. It's really not. It's absolutely incredibly terrible. It is an atrocity that Philadelphia sports is right now, brother. I appreciate you taking my call. No, thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the, the, they, they haven't, Force a turnover all year, right, Kyle? I, I don't believe they have. No, well, not. I'm, Cup lost the fumble against the Rams, oh, well, but I don't know if you a, count that. I mean, no, that's special a, teams. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a special teams. So. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing that this team just cannot force turnovers. And if you're not forcing turnovers, you're not going to win many games in this league. I mean, uh, you might tie some. Yeah, no, I I think they've probably knocked a few balls loose, but they've never obviously like got you know landed on it, picked it up, turned the ball over. Yeah, I mean, I will say the defensive line, they did hit Burrow a lot. I yeah, mean, sure, but I mean, we knew that looking... we knew they were going to. The Bengals' offensive line is terrible. Yeah, it definitely didn't make me feel any better. Uh, by the way, I really like Joe Burrow. He that kid is tough. He's yeah, I, yeah. He doesn't lose his cool either. He took some nasty shots oh, yeah. in the beginning of that game, and you know the one where he kind of looked like he got the wind knocked out of him a little bit, but he got right back out there, and he just no. That, the kid can deal, man. I like him a lot. Yeah, no, he he's a he's a hell of a player, and I I was impressed by what I saw. Uh, let's go to Linda and Balakimwa. What's up, Linda? Hello, sweetheart. I, I called. Just- to rip myself and apologize to my WIP family. Oh, well, why is that? You know, the other night, Rob Ellis was on. Uh-huh. And, of course, I love you guys. And I mentioned you, too. And I said I had to turn the station off for two days because all I got was negativity. 
And in my life, I try to stay positive under my circumstances, but I have to apologize to TV Mike and Seth Billy, who's my favorite caller. I ripped him because it was too negative. And you know what? I agree with you all. It, the fish stinks from the head down. They all got a clean pass. I'm very, very upset with Joe Girardi, baby. I thought he was going, because I really liked what he did with the Yankees. And he used to be aggressive. And now I knew how he used his bullpen, darling. But, and I looked at Carson Wentz and I said, Oh my God! Uh, what happened? I, I, what Linda, happened with Eric Tommy? Uh, what happened? I Linda, the Wentz thing. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like it. I, I really haven't. I've never seen anything like a player who just in a couple of years. And really, you can look at, at back to last December. He played so well. He looks totally lost. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how he's gone this far backward. Um. But right now, he, he 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 is killing this team, and I don't know how you fix him. I really don't. I don't know either, baby, but you know, maybe all those people they brought in, maybe that's too many people in your head, for God's sake. You know, that drives you out of your mind. Uh, that's okay in the Marine Corps when you have 50 people yelling at you, but... Geez, uh, you know, maybe the I don't know. He can't have turned into a doofus this soon, could he? I mean, cheese and crackers and uh, the Phillies, first of all, uh, and I still stick. I don't want Riamuda back. I don't want him back. You know what, Linda? I, 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 I am with you on that, and I know it's it's an unpopular opinion, but the more I think about it um, – you're talking about a catcher who at the start of next season will be 30 years old, has dealt with injury issues already, is going to command massive money. I don't think it would be a smart move. I, I really don't. I, I think it's the better long-term decision to let him go and address some of the other issues on the team, maybe bring back Didi at a lower yes. number, and and address the pitching staff. I want Didi. I love Didi. I said that before the year. He, you know, Riamuto, honey, was hurt last year, too. Yeah. I don't want him. I don't. No, it, you, a 30-year-old catcher with injury issues, Linda, you know, that's just asking for trouble. It is. I know. And uh, the, the Sixers make me sick. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I just hope for better. We deserve, not me particularly, but the fans in this city, they deserve. They deserve better, as loyal and passionate as they are. And, uh, again, I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to be such a creep the other night. Uh, I agree with it, all of you. And, geez, I was so down, I turned the game off today. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll see you, sweetheart. All right, Linda. Thank you Bye -bye. for the call. Take it easy. Yeah, it's – no, no, we don't deserve it. And, and that, like – and I understand that, that teams are going to go through bad times and there are going to be disappointments, but we don't deserve this. We don't deserve what we've seen over the last two months. The 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 disgraceful effort the Sixers put out in the bubble, the Phillies not able to make this playoffs, that's tailor-made just to get a team like them in, and the Eagles to play the way they've... We, we don't deserve this. Philadelphia's the laughingstock of the sports world right now. You know, and like I said earlier, we got to own that right now because um, there's not much you can really do about it. Yeah, I mean, we have to rapidly get to the acceptance phase or we're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. But uh, when we get back, we'll try to lighten it up a little bit. Me and Kyle still haven't gotten to our week uh, three recap. We, we had some technical issues we were trying to work through when we normally would do our week three recap. So we'll do our week three recap next segment. And um, one thing may bring a smile to your face on this Monday morning. Uh, not much. But there is one thing that me and Kyle took delight in this last year. Hearing from this man uh, after certain um, results on an NFL Sunday. And he returned uh, on Sunday evening. Uh, cowboy hat and all. So we will uh, we'll, 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 we'll try to bring a smile to your face 
when we do the week three recap. That's coming up next. Also, see you there, Anthony. We'll get to you as well. I'm Tom Kelly, and for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a sad Monday morning. Philly season's over. Eagles 0-2-1. They get the... It is just... We talked about it earlier. It's just so, like, upsetting to have that tie on your record. You have to look at that that little one the whole it, time. It's worse than a loss. It is. It really is. Yeah, because a loss pre- is just another loss. Right. I'd prefer the Eagles, even though maybe we'll say, at the, you know, later in the year that, you know, thank goodness the Eagles tied that game because that actually did help them in, in 08 last time it, it they tied did. the Bengals. It did, yeah, but – uh. Something tells me that 08 team that went to the NFC Championship game is maybe just slightly better than the one that we're that we've been watching this season. Had a better quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's, about that, that is for sure. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, and a younger, healthier Deshaun. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that was Deshaun's rookie year. Yes, actually. it was. Um, yeah, Deshaun Jackson's hurt again. Shocking. And it is. It was funny to see the same receivers that ended last season. Deontay Burnett and Greg Ward. Um, what I mean, I. I I don't know why. Just play Greg Ward more. Like, he's yeah. actually good. No, he's a beast. Yeah, right. he gets open. He fights. He actually looks like he wants to be out there. I love Greg Ward. And J.J. Ortega-Whiteside still can't get on the field. I, How about that? Uh, yeah, if that's not an indictment. He's of, terrible. Yeah. He's terrible. And then D.K. Metcalf. Uh, well, we'll get to D.K. Metcalf in a minute. <laughs> yeah. uh, as we're doing the Week 3 recap now, um, we'll start in New York. And, man, I, I, it is a shame that we didn't get to have a full discussion with Adrian tonight. Uh, because his Giants got a whooping laid on him <laughs> by Nick Mullins and the Niners. Nick Mullins getting the start at quarterback in place of the injured Jimmy G. Um, I guess Jimmy G should be back next Sunday night for Eagles Niners. Yeah, not sure that that really matters. The Niners are, I mean, this week they showed off their depth big time. And this is the second week in a row they had to go to the Meadowlands, which apparently they didn't really enjoy because of the, the field there, but it didn't really seem to bother them. No. Uh, beating them 36-9. Yeah, 36-9, the Niners the final. Uh, Nick Mullins goes for 343 through the air and one touchdown. Obviously, Saquon Barkley out for the year. Giants might end up getting the number one pick. They might be the worst team in football. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, I wonder if they bail on Danny Dimes if that's the case. Ooh, good question. Yeah, I guess it all depends on how much Joe Judge is into him. Yeah, uh, so uh, Niners now 2-1. Giants 0-3 in Indianapolis. Uh, speaking of bad New York football teams, uh, the Jets taking on the Colts. Uh, Colts 36-7 in this one. Uh, really not much Phillip Rivers had to do. He only threw the ball 21 times as the Colts um, lay the smack down on the Jets 36-7. Um, what do you think, Kyle? Adam Gase fired today? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was, I was thinking the countdown on it. The leash is, it has to be extremely, extremely short on Adam Gase. I saw Orlovsky tweet after the game, my 0-16 would beat this Jets team 16 times. Yeah, they're bad. I think they're, they would. They're really bad. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what else is concerning about that when you look at the Jets and their roster. Um, you know who their general manager is? Oh, Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Yeah, mastermind. Who, you know, we <laughs> talked about so glowingly here. Uh, but when you see what Joe Douglas did here, what he's doing with the Jets, maybe Joe Douglas wasn't all that great. No. So somebody has got to save Sam Darnold from that organization. Sam Darnold looks terrible. He well, looks terrible. Uh, you know, I think he would. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I think he should be better. It's. I think it's Adam Gase's fault. I really do. Uh, well, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> um, we go to Atlanta, and this was an interesting one. Uh, yes, the that? Falcons blew another lead, uh, which that my, we, I will say this, this does at least make me somewhat happy. We think it's bad being Eagles fans right now, being Philadelphia fans. How must you feel to be an Atlanta Falcons fan or an Atlanta fan? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Braves won 14 straight divisions and won one world series. That is true. Yeah. The Falcons blew a 28 to three Super Bowl lead. They blow huge leads every week. They had a 26 to 10 lead in this one, but. What was interesting, um, very short leash as at 2-0, down 10 points, Mitch Trubisky gets pulled for the game, enter Nick 
Foles. And Nick Foles does what Nick Foles does, leading the Bears back to victory. Um, I think it's safe to say Nick Foles is the new starting quarterback in Chicago. <laughs> well, not according to Matt Nagy. He won't commit to the quarterback. Are you serious? Week. That's what he said, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, he's the new starting quarterback. <laughs> so Foles has, I guess, what, three touchdowns in four minutes, and Wentz has, what, three this season? Yeah, I mean. Tough one. We'll get back. You know, tomorrow night I'll get more into the Foles-Wentz stuff because oh. we thought we were past it. We're not. No. And, um, I mean, maybe the Eagles should have kept Foles. Who knows? I mean, it, it's. It's looking – it's more of a conversation now. Yeah. Well, I wish I could be here with you tomorrow because I have, I have some pretty strong feelings. You have some takes? That. Yeah. All right. Well, well, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some of them from you at, I'll, I'll call at in. some point. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the Bears beat the Falcons 30-26. to They're now 3-0. Falcons 0-3. Dan Quinn, uh, he's another one. Is he going to get fired today? He probably should, but uh, – Arthur Blank might just hold on to him forever. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think if there was a time for him to get fired, it was after that abysmal loss to Dallas last week. Yeah. I don't know, was this one worse, though? I don't know. I mean, I, I but Nick Foles uh, back in the mix, and uh, he is a starting quarterback once again. Uh, so uh, Bears get the win there. We go to Buffalo. What happened in this game? Because I was watching the Eagles. Yeah. The Bills were up 28-3. And then I saw the score flash on the bottom. They were down 32-28. But they won 35-32 on some kind of controversial call. Do you know exactly what I don't know what the call was. All I gathered from Twitter reactions is that Josh Allen is just a wild ride. And apparently he was just seriously up and down, which I can totally, like, I can picture everything about a Josh Allen performance like that. So uh, that's what I'm going to go with happened. And then apparently he came through in the end. Josh Allen is... One of the most entertaining players. He is. He's, I, I, I love don't know, watching Josh I don't Allen. know if he's really good or really bad. Like, I, I, I don't. It's all. I, I mean, it changes series to series. It's like a beautiful mess. I don't even know how to describe <laughs> it. It is crazy. Um, but the Bills win 35-32. Rams 2-1. Bills 3-0. Uh, in Cleveland, the Browns beat the Washington football team 34-20. Uh, Browns now 2-1. Washington one and two that lone win coming over the Eagles back in Week One. Um, Kyle, do you know much about this game? I, I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't see. Much I, I, of this yeah, I, you know what? This one was probably the least interesting game of the week. All I know is that well, we already know that Washington would beat us. The Browns would kill us. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they probably will. I mean, I, I think Baker Mayfield stinks, but whatever. I, they, it looks yeah. like they ran the ball well. Nick Chubb over 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Uh, so Cleveland is now. Oh, wow. Chase Young went down. Oh, he did. That's something I did here. Yeah, I'm that's, not sure of the severity, but he did go down. That's not good. Um, in Minnesota, this is a game I really thought the Vikings were going to win just because, you know, flow of the NFL season. They Tennessee's fake good anyway. Yeah, Tennessee. I mean, I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. Whatever. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I doubt it. But um, Tennessee comes from behind to beat the Vikings 31-30. Felt like Tennessee was trailing this game the entire way. Um, but they end up pulling it out in the end. Uh, they are 3-0. Vikings 0-3. Any more nuggets from Mike Zimmer? Uh, nuggets of wisdom after the game like last <laughs> week? Like we can't start winning until we stop losing? I don't know. I think uh, I think he's, he's he's all out of this. But uh, how about Justin Jefferson? Yeah, he had a you big see day. his stat line? 175 yards. yards. Oh yeah. It might have been nice to, you know, take take him. Well, you know what? I'm, I don't think I'm quite there yet because I do think Rager can play. This isn't necessarily like Metcalf, Ortega, Whiteside level uh-huh. just yet. I mean, Justin Jefferson's going to have some good games. If he's a good player, he's going to have some good games. I know Rager's hurt, but I'm, I'm not not quite burying the guy yet. Yeah. Uh, we Next up, we go to Foxborough. The Patriots beat the Raiders 36-20. It wasn't even this close. Both teams now 2-1, and one, and Belichick did it again. He yeah. did it again. I mean, <laughs> the, the Patriots had the best signing of the offseason. They got Cam Newton— for nothing. Yeah. Nothing. No, you're right. I didn't even think about it. That is the best signing of the offseason. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he looks great. He looks like Cam Newton from the Super Bowl year. Yeah. Uh, part of me, th- <laughs> I know Cam. Cam's playing pretty well. Part of me thinks that they would probably still look pretty good with Stidham at QB. There's just something about Josh McDaniels in that offense. Yeah, but I I mean, I, I have always been a Cam guy. I've always thought Cam Newton's been underrated his entire career. Yeah, well, he had, I mean, he had a few, 
like kind of rough seasons, but he's been dealing with some injuries and stuff like that. And he, the guy definitely just needed a, a change of scenery, I think. But even in those rough years, they seem to be in the playoffs every year for the yeah. most part. Yeah, no, I, I guess I guess you're not wrong about that. Yeah, but uh, Patriots do it. They they win thirty six to twenty, and uh, they look like they're going to be headed back to the postseason again this year. Uh, we go to Pittsburgh. Um, this is another surprising result. This is another one I just thought the Texans would win. But the Steelers come from behind. They beat Houston 28-21. They are now 3-0. Texans, very surprising 0-3. But Bill O'Brien, you know, you trade DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, this is what happens. Yeah, that's that's the result you're going to get, as uh, Richard Sherman would say. But you actually thought Texans were going to win this game? Just like outright before the game? I did. I did. I just thought, you know, Pittsburgh's 2-0. Texans are 0-2. I felt like this is another one of those of the NFL game game. Game. <laughs> right, Exactly. Well, I yeah, I this smelled like a blowout by Pittsburgh to me, but it really was close the whole way. Yeah. Uh, so Steelers end up winning that one. The Eagles get to go to Pittsburgh in a few weeks. That should be fun. Oh, that's going to be a blast. We always play well in Pittsburgh. Maybe too. we can get another tie. You know, <laughs> yeah. if we can't win a game, maybe we can oh, tie. That would be a, that would be a bonus. Yeah. Uh, next up, we go to Los Angeles. Um, almost at San Diego, but Los Angeles, where Matt Rule. Gets his first NFL win as the uh, Panthers beat the Chargers 21-16. Justin Herbert threw for over 300 yards, but he did get injured in this game. Um, He took over for Tyrod Taylor, who got his lung punctured by the team doctor earlier, well, before last week's game. That's, I mean, like... Seems like a lawsuit's in the office. Yeah, well, I hate to, like, laugh at something like that, but it's just so utterly absurd that that happened, that the team doctor literally... Put this man's life in jeopardy. I mean, I'm stunned that the Sixers or Eagles medical staffs haven't pulled this off. That's yet. that's true. I mean, it, it yeah, it makes ours look like geniuses. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Panthers win that one, 21 to 16. They are now one and two. Chargers also one and two. In Denver, the Buccaneers beat the Broncos 28 to 10. Um, Tom Brady looks pretty good down in Tampa. Three touchdowns in this game. Um, Bucks take care of business. I mean, Jeff Driscoll was starting for Denver, so you can't give Tampa too much credit. But hey, early results for the Bucks not not too bad. Yeah, not not too shabby. But there's no way I expected Denver to even be close to competitive in this game. They're they're really banged up too. Yeah. Uh, so Bucks now two and one. Broncos zero and three. Um, this next one we go to Arizona. This messed up my parlay on the day. A lot uh, of people's. Yeah. The Lions beat the Cardinals 26-23. Um, I, I didn't see this one coming. I, I thought the Lions' defense was so bad. Matt Patricia is so incompetent that they wouldn't be able to beat the Cardinals in this one. But uh, they get they, they they are able to do enough. They somewhat limit Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins still had a huge day. Oh, he's a beast. It but, was actually a really fun game, I thought. Yeah. Uh, but the Lions get the win, twenty six twenty three. They are now one and two. Cardinals now two and don't one. You, don't you think the Lions like? It seems like every year. Well, obviously we know they're never any good, but they always seem to like win one or two games against like uh, like impressive wins that you're like, wow, like how about the Lions, huh? Yeah. And then they just <laughs> then they're just terrible. Well, that's Matt Stafford's whole career. Yeah. No, you're right. That's he Stafford. has a couple good games, and people think he's great, but then. Whenever you expect anything out of him, he <laughs> yeah. lets you down. Yep. Um, he's Aaron Nola. That's Ooh, exactly what he right. is. He's Aaron Nola. Yeah, I like that. Um, we go to Seattle next. The Seahawks beat the Cowboys 38-31. Dak Prescott, 472 yards, three touchdowns. DK Metcalf, an old-time bonehead play in this one where he uh, caught what would have been a touchdown, but um, did the thing where he's celebrating early, gets knocked out of his hands, and goes out for a touchback. Uh, but atones late catching the game-winning touchdown russell wilson the early favorite for the mvp he's got to win mvp one of these there's no question i mean well he's at least got to get a vote this season he has 14 touchdowns in three weeks which is the most ever in three weeks right Uh, unbelievable that guy it is and they are now three and zero. Cowboys one and two. And the, how about the Eagles? They gain ground. This is a positive day. The Eagles actually gain ground in the NFC East. Yeah, the only team in the NFC East not to lose. Right. So that's what we have to be proud of. But with this loss came the return of one of our favorite uh, people on the show, the uh, number one Cowboy hater in America, 
Stephen A. Smith, he always posts his Cowboy videos after the Cowboys lose, and he posted one Sunday night. <laughs> How about the Cowboys? <laughs> See y'all tomorrow on first day. You hear? <laughs> I love the loud. Stephen A's really blaring that TV in the background. Yeah, and the maniacal laughter too, man. He's he's feeling himself. I believe he had the cowboy hat on in that video. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, yeah. I, was he I, sipping a glass of wine? Too? But he I like when he, one of I like when he adds in the little accent, the little <laughs> yeah. the, the Texas twang. Yeah, uh, he didn't do that there, but uh, Cowboys lose. So hey, it's the NFC East. So the Eagles are still alive. Um, awesome game, by the way. Yeah, it was really a great game. game. Very entertaining. Uh, so Seahawks win that one. And then uh, the night game, another entertaining one. Um, Packers beat the Saints in New Orleans 37-30. And, you know, is it is it is it just me or does it seem like Aaron Rodgers is just out to say, you know, bleep you to everybody for them drafting a quarterback in the first round? He's angry he's, and yeah. he is taking it out on the entire league right now. Yeah, I mean. Love's got to be sitting on the sidelines like, uh, I'm probably not going to see the field anytime soon. Right. I mean, Rodgers is on a warpath. No, Aaron Rodgers had another huge day. Without Adams, too, today. Right, without Adams. Uh, Aaron Jones, really good running. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, So the Packers now 3-0. The Saints wanted two. And then what a game we got tonight on Monday Night Football. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens. I mean, this is uh, an unbelievable Monday night game. Yeah, and it's rare that Monday night football has these good games. But I'm, a, I'm. Are you expecting like one of those Rams Chiefs Monday night game from a few years ago, or was that that was yeah two years that ago? That was two years ago. Yeah. Were you expecting like? I don't know. Maybe the defense is the step up. Is I think crazy? it's going to be high scoring. I'm thinking like a 34-31 type game. So hammer the over. <laughs> yeah, not as high score. That game a couple years ago was like 50-something. That was the high-scoring game ever, I think. Yeah. Where, where both, no, both teams scored more than 50 points. I think it was 52-49 <laughs> or something was the I, final. No, I think they both scored over 50. Oh, really? Was, oh, yeah, 54-51 yeah, was, was the final. Unreal. That's right. Um, but that'll be a tremendous game. So excited for that one on Monday night. Uh, so we'll uh, give you a recap of whatever happens in that game on the show tomorrow. But uh, – a uh, really, really uh, fun day of football outside the Eagles, you know, outside the tie. Um, but uh, that was what happened in the NFL Week 3, um, and we will look ahead to Week 4 in the coming days. So when we get back, we'll uh, put a bow on this show. It's been a, a fun one, I guess you can say. Uh, we've had a lot to talk about, not a lot of it positive. Uh, but we will uh, recap some stuff when we get back. Still time to squeeze in a few calls you want to complain about the Eagles, you want to complain about the Phillies, um, and on top of all of it, Jimmy Butler is going to the NBA Finals. So uh, not a good day for Philadelphia sports. So time to get in a couple calls when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94W. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.